soy Miguel Matos Gonzalez coming back to you on Firme. That's right, Firme. <laughs> podcast, cuentos, arte, comunidad. Podcast coming to you from Spokane, Washington. And if you've been listening to the to the series, been talking a lot about how there are inequities in art, inequities in the way we make art, and how that does affect who makes art, and how that work is is actually created and then shared. So, yeah, one talk I had recently been a part of was involving Photoshop, and people they talk about and they praise Photoshop and they drop it all the time and they it's become one of those common terms, you know. Just about every time I'm taking a photograph at an event or I'm talking with somebody about, you know, taking a picture, whether it's a snapshot of the family or whatever, there the word Photoshop tends to come out. And it's usually Oh, well, so-and-so couldn't be here. Well, we'll Photoshop him in later. You know, just that's a word, a phrase that's so commonly used. And I don't know about the other photographers that are hearing this podcast, but to me, the word Photoshop is... It's gotten very annoying. <laughs> it's gotten one of those words that I wish people would just stop using. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. And I say that because as a photographer, as an artist that started with Photoshop before it became the creative suite, before Photoshop 10, I mean, heck, I started when Photoshop was simply just Photoshop before it came into the numbered versions. That's when I started with it. And... I used it because there really there wasn't anything else available until Corel came into the world and they made their series of graphics software and I used them and I didn't really like them I I thought it was clunky I thought the interface the user interface was just not as intuitive as Photoshop so I went back to it and other people liked it know, they did. They enjoyed Corel. They used Corel, you know, um, what was it, Paint, and they used Corel Draw, their vector software. They used all sorts of stuff. And, I mean, it was good, just just wasn't uh, wasn't my thing. <laughs> That's okay. It's alright, people. They have what they have. They like what they like, you know. But, um, but yeah, it just wasn't my thing. So I went back to Photoshop and I think I probably used it less and less as I went farther into photography. And for the past probably nine, maybe ten years, I haven't even had a need to open Photoshop. Because anything that I have to do doesn't even require a feature from Photoshop. It doesn't. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Not one bit. 
everything I draw is an illustrator. It's a vector software. It's tremendously powerful and fast. And the graphics look really clean, really sharp when you draw. Opposed to Photoshop where you're working in a, a bitmap image, creating a raster file. And it's just, I don't know, the, the, the quality isn't there. The sharpness in my mind is just, I don't see it there. It's not sharp for what I like to create. The color control is inconsistent. The fact that you're working in a file that only swells, I mean, it grows, you know, file size. It, it just gets inflamed and, and it just, it grows like nobody's business that you end up working in files that are gigs, you know, and to work on a file that's as large as a gig can take a long time to render and to save and you have to put more money into your computer in order to keep up with that kind of data processing. So yeah, Photoshop was never the way for me to go when it came to drawing. I went to Illustrator. Illustrator, you can draw very clear line art, have consistent color. You can even Interestingly enough, you can bring a photograph into Illustrator and you can have that as a background, as an object. You can draw on the photograph. You can cut the photograph into pieces and you can layer them and you can do all sorts of different things with Illustrator. I feel for, for my style of art, that works better. And I've seen people do they, they've done drawings, they've done logos, they've done that type of work Illustrator can do simply and quickly. They've done it in Photoshop. I'm like, why? Now that you've drawn this pretty, pretty logo, how can you take it to a file to have it enlarged on a banner? Yeah, you drew it for a business card. How can you put it on a banner now? Now you gotta really, you know, fool around with it and manipulate it and spend all this time on it to make it work. Whereas you could have drawn it in Vector, in Illustrator, and just plugged it right in. You could create that art in Illustrator, send that to a, a large format printer, they can put that right in the rip, convert it into a PDF, and boom! They've got a big, full-sized, banner that looks sharp and clear yeah no no blurry anything just perfect perfect art it's gonna look really nice and professional for your client but that's not how people work unfortunately so yeah that's that's the thing about photoshop is i could never really really get into it like like others you know like I said, it serves its purposes. It's very technical. It's great. But it's not for everything. And also, with all the features that Photoshop has, there are layers to their features. And it can get pretty complicated. If you have never used it before, and it's like, say, today is the first time ever using it, 
wow, that becomes, <laughs> that becomes like a real challenge, a real learning curve to figure it out. You know, it can be for some people and that can be, that can be annoying. Yeah. It's not one of those, those pieces of software that you can just open up. The icons are obvious and they're intuitive and you can just work. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think Photoshop has outlived its life for many people, not for everybody. Of course, there's still, there's still a need to have it, but, um, but yeah, there's, there's far more out there in the world than just Photoshop. There's so many just options that are far easier. And that's, I think what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to have a series of episodes kind of dedicated to each of those other alternatives so that we could talk about those pros and cons and kind of weigh them out and see what's going on with that. Because having the right tools makes a world of difference when you're creating art on a digital platform. You know, it's not, it's not just one piece of software. No, there's, there's far more out there. And it really depends what your goals are. What are you wanting to achieve? What are you, what is it you want to create? How do you want to create this? You know, not everybody has the same, the same direction, you know, sometimes the features that Photoshop offers, sometimes that is preferred. I could understand that sometimes, you know, that, that is the way to go. But in other ways, it's like, really, it's overkill, man. And what gets me is that Adobe, they went to a subscription thing because, I mean, people that bought their their package suite of software on a disc, well, they would buy it and then they would take it and then they'd put it on as many computers as they wanted. You know, there were hacks around that that I had learned... Um, existed that people they would they would buy one piece of software and then they would for money they would install it in other people's computers and it was like say you buy it for a thousand dollars okay and they'd say yeah but I can install it in your computer for 50 or I can install it in your computer for a hundred and you do that you know you do that however many times you do that and before you know it your your version that you're working with it's paid for, it's free, and you own the disc, yeah, so Photoshop caught on to that finally a few years ago, and I think it was in like 2016, I think, 2015, something like that, that was the last disc supported version of the Photoshop suite, yeah, that was the last time I think you could you could buy the software in a box. After that, they went to a download version. And I think they went to, if not straight directly, they went to a subscription version. And that subscription, I mean, it's affordable, I think. That is, if it's a part of your business that you use day in, day out, then it becomes an operating expense. I could see that. I use Illustrator 
as my one sole software now for drawing. I don't use InDesign as much anymore. I used to when I was making books and layouts. That's that's a really, really powerful presentation software. I absolutely loved it. But I just don't do that anymore. I don't have a need for it. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't need to have InDesign. And same thing with Photoshop. I mean, I stopped using it probably, like I said, maybe 10 years ago. And... Um, I don't have a need to own it anymore. It's just taking space on a computer. I just have it because you never know when you'll need it again. And I've already paid for it. So it's like, well, yeah, I'll just leave it. It'll just be there, taking space. Yeah. And then the other apps that I use or other versions of software before we use the word app. The other applications. Um, let's see. Dreamweaver was good when I was building my website. I like that. But nowadays, you really don't need web building software. For the most part, you can go and get a Wix account (laughs) or something like that, or a Pixpa account, and just kind of build it. What you see is what you get and start with a template or something. That's what websites are becoming these days. Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. And that uh, you don't have a need to have to start from scratch. I mean, you can if that is your job to build websites for people. Then that would be very important. And I can see where Photoshop would be important for that too. In order to optimize those images for web. But again, that's a very, I think, a very niche market these days. Yeah. So, the whole subscription thing, man, I... I never got into the subscriptions. I've never paid any of those subscriptions. I've never had to upgrade past, you know, Illustrator CS in 2015. I've never had a need to. It does everything I I want it to do, everything I expect from it. And um, same thing with Photoshop. I think I have the same year or generation of version of, of Photoshop. Photoshop Extended, yeah, something like that, it's whatever it's called, CS Extended, and, well, don't have a need to upgrade it, because I don't even use it, <laughs> there's no need to pay for something I'm not going to use, so, yeah, and plus, they went to Lightroom, for a lot of photographers, Lightroom, it's the majority of what you would use to process images when you download them into your computer, and prep them for print, or web use, I mean, it has it's a great workflow tool far better than than photoshop because photoshop it's not really for interestingly enough it's not really for that simple editing of color exposure i mean you can do that in photoshop but it takes a long time it's slower it's clunkier in lightroom all of those exposure tools everything it's just it's far more intuitive it's much easier and quicker to do it then and um yeah you know it's it's just one of those things that that Lightroom offers a really really good user interface and I use Lightroom for a little bit and as I looked around to see what other software there was available I found Capture One 
and I use that for the majority of my time. And then I use Aperture, made by Apple, and that was great. I wish it would not have died, <laughs> because I went from Lightroom to Capture One to, to Aperture, and Aperture, I think they only made them to, like, Aperture 3 or something like that, they only made three versions, three upgrades, and it went on for a while, and then they eventually stopped supporting it. So, I mean, you can still use it if you have it, but, I mean, they no longer support it, that's the thing. No more updates or anything. But Aperture was, God, it, it was probably the easiest, most user-friendly, professional quality, professional featured photo processing software that I'd ever used in my whole life. I mean, it was great. You know, I'm tempted to go back to it. But since then, I've started using a Fujifilm digital and I've gone back to Capture One because of the software it it, it uh, renders directly with Fujifilm files. So, you know, it I end up getting a, a quicker, cleaner process image with, with uh, Capture One, which is fine. You know, I, I enjoy it. It's still very user-friendly. I like the way it's organized. But, uh, but yeah. That's, that's where we're at with that. With the software. Those tools of the trade make a big difference on the quality of your work. How proficient and consistent you can get with your work. And time. Time does matter. Because not everybody has three or four days in a row to work on an image. You know, not everybody can afford that kind of time, especially when you have a family, when you're doing other projects, be it art or art related or not. (laughs) You know, I don't have an immense amount of time at my disposal to just sit and play. And sit and play. No, no. It's very, very focused of what do I want to achieve? Okay, what do I want to achieve? I'll think about it. I'll, I'll just kind of have those thoughts going in my mind for a while. And then once in my mind, once I figure out how I want to create my image, then I go to create it. And it comes right out. And I'll work on that image for a few hours, maybe a day, and I'm done. That's it. Because everything else that I did, all my playing around, did that in my mind while I'm doing other things. While I'm driving, while I'm having dinner, (laughs) whatever. Those other creative pieces that are put together in my mind way ahead of time. And, um, and yeah. Yeah, it's been one of those things that that software has evolved and has changed the way we make art. But that whole phrase of, we'll just Photoshop it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Every time I hear that, I just want to go and just put my finger on their lips and say, shh. <laughs> of course, I can't do that now. <laughs> yeah. Unless I had like a six foot stick with a hand and a finger going, 
<laughs> no, but but yeah, technology's changed, and it's it's changed the way people in in my creative market make art. I remember, gosh, when Photoshop was first coming out, there was a magazine that I would read. It's called Popular Photography. I don't know if that magazine still exists. I don't know. But I used to read that because they talk about film and cameras and and the new technology coming up of digital. And there was an ad on the back of this this um, this magazine that I never quite understood, but I remember it so well. And it was a photo of a guy. He had a beard, like a salt-peppered beard. He had a digital camera in his hand. And that digital camera was an old Kodak something or other. It was a Kodak ad. And the Kodak ad was talking about its digital technology, how it's a new frontier, it's a new you know, almost like it's a new medium. It's not here to replace film photography, but it said it's here like a new medium, you know? That's basically what it was saying. And it was kind of introducing this person, this guy, and he looked really mysterious. He had his hands out, kind of like he was going, ooh, like that. If you can imagine the hands, ooh, kind of coming at you. And he was wearing this suit, of like wires and um, like wired sleeves and just stuff and it just it looked funny he looked kind of like he was a digital shrub <laughs> with wires and little things like that sticking out little conduits and stuff all intertwined in his beard and all over his body and it was just a head and shoulder photograph but I saw it and I was like, did he dress up like this for the photograph or is this how he actually dresses? Yeah. And it talked about him kind of like they were describing a digital Picasso or a digital Leonardo da Vinci, you know, and I can't even remember his name. I selectively forgot his name, huh. but he, you know, he, they mentioned this guy and they called him a digerati a Rastafarian and they went into all these terms that I thought were just so wrong even at that time I was like you know that's there's something inappropriate there I don't I don't sit well with this ad but it was a Kodak ad they're praising this guy I don't even know who the hell he was never heard of him before never heard of him since I don't know if he was some kind of engineer that that developed their CCD sensor I don't know <laughs> if he's an artist or I don't know, but he just he uh, wasn't anybody I ever heard of, and I've I've heard a lot of names in the art industry. You know, I don't know everybody, of course. It's not possible to know everybody, but at that time, when I was as involved as, in art and photography as I was, in the way that I was, lots of names were coming out in regards to digital photography and so there are names that you read and heard of often 
people pioneering stuff and you know never did I ever hear of this person other than that one ad and then you know short of that one ad the dude totally just did not even exist he didn't just disappeared so if there's anybody out there that remembers the name of that guy remembers that ad on the back of popular photography dude shoot me a message I want to know and I want to know what he was what he is at that time and where he is now because I still want to ask him did you actually dress like that do did you actually call yourself a digerati did you actually call yourself rastafarian did you really say that or is that adver- is that you know just the advertising uh, talk between the ad agency or is that something that Kodak said because I'm curious that's wrong <laughs> but yeah that's that's what it is you know that's that's what happens that's that's history man that is how history has shaped photography and I remember when digital did come into the industry people were just like freaking out like it's gonna kill film film is gone film is dead and I thought not really it hasn't fully killed it off yet it's still a very you know openly used medium and I do I see digital photography and film photography as you know similar to similar background you've got that exposure concept and similar terms but you know it's like using the pen versus the pencil it's like using a brush versus a, a palette knife you know yeah versus using your fingers versus using q-tips it it's just the way that you make that work you're working with the same concept but you're not replacing one for the other you know and not one medium is better than the other i mean the the best camera to have it's the camera in your hand really that's another old phrase that i remember because as i spent time at that camera store that i mentioned at camera exchange one of the number one things that people would ask customer wise that they would ask what's the best camera that i can buy with with this amount of money say if i want to spend eight hundred dollars what's the best camera I'm gonna get and this one guy he was very racist (laughs) and his name was was, uh, well shall remain nameless but he um, interesting guy he said the best camera he said it's the camera you have in your hand yeah he says all of these everything from this you know twenty dollar POS to this camera over here that's that's a little over $2,000 for that camera body. He said, they're all just a box that holds film that exposes the film for a little bit of time. And that's it. That's, that's all that they are. These cameras, and he holds up the cheapie, he says, this one... This is not going to get you any better an image or create more stunning work than anything else in here. So if all you need is something to get an image, this is it. 
if you need certain features, if you need it to take pictures at, you know, 15 frames per second, if you need the camera to be waterproof, water sealed, if you need it to hold a lens that's, you know, 400 millimeter lens and, you know, you need to see in the black of night, yeah, we'll use this type of camera. Then he points to the really expensive ones. And I remember that, you know, I was the racist person that he was. I thought, you know, that's probably the greatest thing you've ever said in your life, man. And that hit home with me. That's something I'd remember to this day. That guy with his beard and his scraggly hair and his southern, you know, kind of his Texas drawl that he had when he talked he talk like this. And he say, the best camera to have is the camera you have in your hand. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's an all right guy, but yeah, he was racist. He said things that were, he, he didn't realize were highly, highly inappropriate towards um, women and just people that weren't white. And, uh, yeah, but anyhow, moving along from, from this guy, yeah, he, he did, he said some things that, that were actually quite brilliant when he talked about cameras. He truly had a passion for cameras. And it made me think of this one fella, um, he also worked there. He's the person that introduced me to the Leica camera. I mean, I knew about Leica. I knew that they existed. I knew they were very expensive. And the reason why my father never owned a Leica is because he never really photographed with a lot of 35 millimeter to justify owning one, he said. He says, I shoot a lot of medium format. I shoot a lot of two and a quarter. You know, he says, I I shoot a lot of that. So that's why I have my, you know, Mamiya, that's why I shoot with my, my, um, my Hasselblad, that's why I work with certain cameras, because I, I like that format, that's just what he liked, you know, and when he did have a 35 millimeter camera, he had his Nikon, he had his Canon, he had his other manufacturers, and, um, yeah, you know, it worked great for him, it worked great for what he wanted, he needed something that was going to be fast, something agile. So he had his his high frame per second camera. But yeah, that's that's going to be another series about how my dad photographed and and what he the tools he chose and how that that inspired me to to move to the formats I did. So yeah, so there you go. There you have it digital integration software workflow photoshop (laughs) yeah i'm probably gonna be that guy (laughs) i'll be that guy using the photoshop word i'll be that person that irks me today but however it's all good we're all moving forward we're all doing our thing and there's nothing wrong in that (laughs) i love it i love to see it evolve it's all good yeah so with that, 
we'll move on to some other some other things, other topics tomorrow and the next day and so on. But I want to thank you for joining me yet again on Firme, a podcast about about my stories, about my art, about how and why I do what I do. Yeah. Bueno. <laughs>